Hello, Blackhawks fans, and welcome back in, finally, to a Blackhawks on tap postgame show. I am Johnny Nani, joined tonight by Tony Marchese and Ron Luce. We are talking about a Blackhawks 6-4 to four winner over the Edmonton Oilers in game one of the qualifying round. Guys, I was not expecting this. First of all, um, how are we doing today? I think we're doing pretty we're good, doing, but I got to ask. We're doing great. We're, we're doing real well, man. We are doing absolutely fantastic right now. Crack him to that. Yeah, that's Tony. We were doing that all game in your garage. Uh, we put out a couple intermission reports. If you follow us on Twitter at Four Feathers Pod, uh, put out a couple of those. So we have the post game show coming for you. We got the post game show coming for you right here, right now. We're all jacked up. Um, as I'd mentioned, a six to four winner in. Um, I would say it's unexpected, guys. Just initial thoughts before we really get into the who did what in here. Um, it, it kind of felt like things were going to go the way we thought they were. Given all of our predictions, I think Austin Blackhawks D zone is the only one that predicted a Hawks winner. And we were all, you know, Edmonton comes out, scores on a power play early with McDavid. And you're like, oh, shit, here we go, Ron, like we were just talking about before we jumped on. But then the onslaught came and it was glorious and they didn't let up, which is the most beautiful thing to me. So initial thoughts, Ron, take it away before we get into the nitty gritty of how many friggin points Dominic Kubelik scored today. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I, I I think we all share that same sentiment. I was, you know, we, we were talking before we jumped on and, you know, the, the Oilers scored and it was like, OK, kind of what I expected, you know, brought everybody back down to earth a little bit. Like, all right, you know, there's a lot of hockey left. They scored early. You know, it's either we were like, ah, it's either going to be a close game or it's going to be ugly. Um, And it was not ugly because then, like you said, absolute onslaught there in the fourth period, four unanswered there in that first period, Um, you know, and then like even later in the game, I just I'm blown away because this is normally a Hawks team that they can get off to these like four one leads. But then as soon as a team scores that second goal, the momentum shifts and that didn't happen today because then the Hawks come back and score a fifth and then a sixth. Sure, Edmonton, you know, adds a couple of, of goals late in the third and what was essentially garbage time at that point. Um, but yeah, man, I am blown away. I, there were points of today that I was legitimately speechless. I was like, Oh, did that just really, ha- Oh shit. That, oh my God. That did happen. Like, Oh, like you said, Johnny, it felt like a dream at times. So um, all I'm going to say is today felt like a classic 12, five NCAA March madness uh, matchup. And uh, hopefully we get a couple more of those games here in this best of five. Yeah, great point with the new seeding. Obviously, the lowest that it had gone in years past is eight. Now we got a 12-5 matchup, uh, just like March Madness, Ron. And I think that's a great tie into Patrick Kane's comment about hockey being on all day, which is great. Got to watch some of Kane's uh, Rangers before. We were watching Islanders, uh, Panthers a little bit afterward before we jumped on this call. So, Tony, though, initial thoughts here. Initial thoughts? are stay out of the penalty box and you can win this fucking series. I mean, five on five play was incredible. Uh, you saw some effort out of guys like Nylander in the corners, digging out pucks, like just stuff that you didn't see this year, the stuff that we would gripe about day in, day out covering this team. It looked like a completely different Hawks team. They look very well put together. I know Edmonton came back towards the end of this and kind of made it a game. But at that point in time, the Hawks were already up. They did their damage. They were able to weather the storm we talked about. 
Um, sometimes the best defense is a great offense, and that's that's how they won this game today. Yeah, that's how it's going to have to be all series, Tone. I, I agree. And uh, just kind of tying into your comments there, looking like a completely different team. I like Brandon Saad's comments after the game saying that, you know, this is the highest level of camaraderie that they've been at um, in, in a long, long time. That's what and happens you, when you pick ACDC you as, yeah. your, as your winning team. Yeah, it's a long way. brings people together. It's a long way to the top. ACDC is the Blackhawks locker room victory song. They posted a video way back in March. March, or excuse me, back in February um, at Arizona after a big shootout when they were bl- uh, blasting it then. Charlie Emilio just tweeted it out. And then the Blackhawks themselves, after the exhibition game, posted the uh, video um, of them walking back into the locker room from the ice, and they were blasting that in the locker room. So that's the victory song. It's a long way to the top. Uh, Tony and I were blasting that in the garage. Great to have that after a Hawks victory here today. So uh, I said getting into the nitty-gritty, there's a bunch of it to get into. Uh, we, we can't. Uh, start anywhere else but with Dominic Kubalik, guys. This guy set the uh, rookie record for most points in a playoff game, um, and it was out there, excuse me, in a debut uh, because there was a six point performance. But Dominic Kubalik, five of them, uh, two goals. Um, power play tallies, and he had three assists as well. Two of them extremely pretty to Jonathan Taves in the first period. Uh, what did you like from our Calder Trophy winner? We're just going to anoint him that right now after this game. Ron? I mean, I think what initially early on in the game, because of the three assists, I enjoyed just his his playmaking ability. I don't think that's a, something we got to see a ton of because he was such a finisher during the, the you know, 70-game season. Um, you know, so being able to see him, you know, hit Taves on that that early pass for the second goal, um, you know, he did it again later in the game, just beauty after beauty after beauty. And it was refreshing to see. And, you know, and then obviously that absolute one timer that sent Mike Smith the pack and was a uh, was was very pleasant. I think, you know, uh, I saw a, uh, a tweet on Twitter from uh, from Puck and Hostile um, over at the rink. And he said, is this shades of 2012 uh, of payback? for for mike smith and i was like yes yes it was yes fuck mike smith and i'm so happy they got after him and kubalik putting the nail in the coffin made it even better because um that was beautiful that four feathers resurfaced that tweet about um you know quinn hughes thinking that Mm -hmm. he's the best rookie in the league but he can go take a hike because we got dominic kubalik just, just so you know, you, you come after um, something like that, especially on a hot topic like Dominic Kubelik. We have the receipts. I have them. Don't worry. I'll dig them up <laughs> and I'll post them as he continues to score throughout the series, hopefully. Tony, uh, Kubelik would just call her, I mean, anoint it right now. I mean, you, you might as well. Uh, he could have had seven or eight points in this game. <laughs> he could have. Easily. Like, there's, easily. A, there's a sad chance in the third period yes. that you're talking about. Yes, yes absolutely. Yes. I, I mean, that's not even the only one. Uh, there were a couple shots on goal that he had yep. that could have snuck by. I mean, you're you're talking about a guy that like arguably could have put up if everything went right for him today. You're talking nine or ten points for this guy. Like this, wow. this is this is just incredible stuff. Um, I know Ron sent something into the Four Feathers chat today uh, in the middle of the game. He's like, oh, he's going to cost him seven, eight million. Like. Ron, I don't want yeah. that negativity. Don't want, not now. Not <laughs> right now. Uh, let's just enjoy this run. And if he if he is on the rest of the series and the Hawks can continue to do what they did today, uh, and I already mentioned stay out of the penalty box, you're going to see a lot of goals from Dominique Kubelik uh, going through the rest of this uh, series. 
Yeah, absolutely, guys. So I just want to, um, you know, we're obviously we're still a lot of good to talk about here, but I do want to talk about concerns and keys that we uh, had addressed on our preview episode. Ron, unfortunately, we weren't able to make it with there with us, but in the chats that we've had, you were on the same page. Got to keep this thing five on five. Well, they allotted the Oilers four power plays, and of course, they're going to take penalties. It's going to happen, but Edmonton, with that top power play in the league, does convert on three of them. So if I had a biggest, you know, gripe from this game or a uh, improvement uh going forward it's you got to stay out of the box uh that's the biggest thing you know three of the four coming on the power play for them uh Connor mcdavid even in a losing effort puts up four points in this one uh one goal and three assists leon dreisaitl had a goal and an assist as well um they're their best players i know that those guys are always going to produce but man uh you just got to limit those opportunities as much as possible because the five on five play guys was so good for the blackhawks i mean i look at the five on five play and you, you look at the giveaways in this game, 17 to 8. The Hawks were all over the puck. Edmonton's passing was just not up to par with what the Blackhawks were doing. The defense was pretty damn solid. And that might be the first time I've ever said this on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, I was impressed with what I saw in the 5-on-5 five five more than anything. I mean, that that is what it is. Johnny, you bring up the gripes. Um, if I had a gripe, it's exactly the same thing you said. Stay out of the box. Um, although surprisingly, the Hawks were able to match the amount of power play goals that Edmonton scored. Yes, Obviously, the Hawks uh, put up put up what was that six uh, six goals, and one of them was taken away. Uh, they should have had seven, except for the the Kane offsides there. Yeah, if you're gonna put up if you're gonna put up six goals, I'm okay with you taking four penalties in a game. Just yeah, four yeah, or no, six penalties. It's four just, to six penalties in a game. Uh, if you're if you're able to. Like I said, it, your your offense could be the best defense, and in this case, it was. Um, that's not going to be the case every time, though. That's exactly what I was going to get at, Tony. I was going to say it was nice you had the luxury of scoring the you know six goals to be able to mitigate that. But in a game that is you know you're only putting three clean four on the board, yeah, clean cleaning up a little bit. You're going to have to play a little bit tighter there. So I, I just wanted to air that out. But um, guys, let's go up and down this thing a little bit here. A lot of point producers today. Dylan Strom opened the scoring with a goal uh, unassisted, and then we had uh, Jonathan Taze, uh, one of the beautiful feeds from Kubalik there. Um, Brand, that was a power play goal from Taves there. Brandon Saad, um, he had one a redirect uh, off of a shot from Olimata. Kubelik gets a secondary assist there. Jonathan Taves, uh, beautiful setup by uh, Kubelik. This one at five on five. Um, but, you know, just finding that open spot after the defense collapses to one corner, um, I think that was the biggest key for that. Um, you know, we're feeling good four to one after the first period. Uh, second period, uh, Edmonton comes out. Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, power play goal kind of I mean obviously since we're up it's not the same mentality but uh, if there was a way for them to get back into it um, that was going to be it that was going to be the start so I was glad they locked things down after and Dominic Kubli took over the rest of the second period Um, he had a goal at the 632 mark and one later at the 1735 mark Um, and then in the third uh, obviously Kane's goal was waved off on the Blackhawks side but uh, James Neal did end up scoring a power play goal kind of a lot of scrum out in front of the net was able to pound one in uh, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins got one in garbage time, like Ron had mentioned, um, not too long after that. But uh, overall, besides Kubelik, that's a given. We all know that. Who else were you really impressed with today, Ron? I I am going to go with my guy because I'll tell you what. Today he looked like a $6 million a year forward, and that's Brandon Saad. He was clicking that whole top line, really. Um, you know, I had the the you know honor of going on, you know, uh, friend of on tap and part of on tap Cody Del Mendo's 
um, Sky is Falling podcast talk a little Hawks the other night. And I said the key to this series was going to be how that top line played because Kubelik, Taves, and Saad can dominate a game. And they did that today. I am super duper excited about that, that they were able to, you know, make that happen today. And, but oh man, Brandon Saad looked good. He was all over the place. I was loving it. You know, our, our buddy Patrick Comiskey wearing his jersey today. That's when he knew the mojo was going to be good. Oh, you yeah. Know, Comiskey wasn't talking about trading him today, and it's really nope. hard-pressed to, to have that conversation right now, especially after how he looked. But agreed. I mean, obviously Kubelik, but that whole top line was unbelievable today. Yeah, for sure. Tony, who else impressed you? Uh, Nylander actually impressed me. I, I yes. mentioned that earlier. Uh, I, I didn't see the lack of effort that we've talked about with Nylander this whole entire season. Um, he was able to put it together. Him going into corners, digging out pucks, uh, just using the body, he, he, he looked like he was there to play. And maybe it's just the fact that this is some playoff hockey for him. I want to see him continue that through this series. And if he can do that, I think the Hawks are in a good sh- in good shape because you're talking about a guy with great hands, a lot of skill. Um, if he could just play a complete game, uh, he he could be very valuable to this team. Uh, another note, uh, Matthew Highmore. Uh, I also saw him buzzing around the ice a little bit tonight. Didn't really wind up on the score sheet, but I was kind of impressed in the 11 minutes and eight seconds he had on the ice. Uh, he was able to get two hits. Uh, he had a shot on goal. Uh, if you're going to get some stuff out of your role players, that's a key to success here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely in depth. Uh, we, as we talk about um, the Blackhawks being able to utilize that a little bit better than the Oilers because they are extremely top heavy. What was it? Uh, McDavid Dreisaitl contributed to uh, close to 90 percent of the scoring that they did during the regular season, at least um, on a uh, uh, assist standpoint. So, and also, um, also, I got one wild. more. Uh, Kampf, uh, he led the forward. Oh no, he did not lead the forwards of hits, but he did come up with five hits. Uh, led the team in faceoff percentage as well. So let's let's give a little kudos there as well. For yeah, him. my guy Ryan Carpenter is the hit leader there. Yes. Uh, six there. But uh, other than that, guys, I, I want to shout out uh, uh, for a guy that I was really impressed with. Obviously, it's easy with the numbers to look at, two goals and one assist. But uh, Jonathan Taves, I love the snipe show from Jonathan Taves. That was an absolute beaut of a shot um, on the power play that uh, he was fed from Dominic Kubalik. That's what you need. Uh, if you're going to win the series, you absolutely need your guys who have been there, your uh, rocks of this lineup, and those are Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, uh, Duncan Keith, to produce, and Jonathan Taves producing off the bat is a really good sign for me. Um, other than that, uh, great to see Calvin DeHaan back out there. Uh, he led all, uh, or no, excuse me, he played 21 minutes. Uh, he, that was below Duncan Keith and Connor Murphy in the defensive department there, but um, nice to see him back. Uh, no penalties. You know, he took two early on in that St. Louis game, so um, good to see that back. He had four hits as well, so um, th- th- those are my other observations there. Um, uh, other than that, uh, I like that they did not play into any time Edmonton tried to uh, get things messy. Darnell Nurse mm-hmm. kind of, uh, you know, giving some shoves after the play and whatever. There's a little shove back, but nothing egregious, nothing like Andrew Shaw would do to take a dumb penalty, slashing him back or something like that. Um, so uh, satisfied overall. Uh, with that effort. So guys, uh, Mike Smith was pulled in this game. I guess this kind of transitions us into uh, game two of the series, which will be Monday night, 9.30 p.m. Central Time. Mike Smith was pulled after goal number five, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he can't, I was Honestly, first, I was surprised that he came out for the start of the second period, but he did, and Dominic Kubelik made him look silly once again. So um, he, he was pulled, Nico Koskinen in. I don't think there's a chance we see Smith starting in net on um, Monday night. What do you guys think? 
Yeah, I don't think there's any chance uh, that you see Mike Smith on on Monday night. Uh, Koskinen really didn't look terrible. I, I don't think he faced all that much of the Hawks' onslaught by that point in the game. Um, but even then, he still gave up a goal on the power play to the Hawks, uh, which was that second tally by Kubalik um, off the Duncan Keith point shot. So, you know, I mean, I, I think we've we discussed it at length, you know, even just amongst ourselves in our, our Four Feathers chat of, you know, their goaltending really never got any of us excited. You know, I don't think anybody at this point in their careers is terrified of a Mike Smith this late in his career or a Miko Koskinen, who's been a, a complete question mark, really, ever since he's been in the NHL. Has moments he looks really good and could be a number one. Has moments that he doesn't even look close to being worth his $4.5 million contract. So I, I think, you know, it'll still be Koskinen because they need that. They need something to try and shift the energy. Crack them. Um, but I, I, I see no way that Mike Smith is a net. I would be I would be appalled if Mike Smith came out. And actually, I would probably be yelling and screaming at my TV because I'd probably be really excited if Mike Smith starts in net on Monday night. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Tony, any thoughts? Hey, you never know. Um, they said they were going to start Koskinen in this game. They started Mike Smith. So you never know what we're going to get. Um, if I'm the Oilers, though, I'm going Koskinen all the way. Uh, obviously didn't give up the amount of goals that Smith did today. Uh, so I would expect to see him. Uh, between the pipes for the Oilers in, in game two. The Hawks just have to come out and do what they did today to him. Uh, hey, we talk about this on Socks on Tap. Crooked numbers are cool and tough. Yeah, You can yes. put up some crooked numbers against any goaltender, and you're going to start to have these questions uh, pop up. So you, you don't know what they're going to do, but, I mean, hey, man, uh, like I said, it. Uh, the Hawks just have to go out and put up crooked numbers. Yeah, I guess totally whatever with, goalie they're against. To, totally with you there. One thing that I like about the uh, Blackhawks chasing Smith from this game is that uh, it mitigates a little bit more of those uh, early breakouts for Edmonton because Mike Smith is so much more active in playing the puck than a Miko Koskinen is. So I like that. You already talked about how much they were the Blackhawks dominated at 5-on-5 five five here. The Corsi chart only one time during this game at 5-on-5 five five hits into the Edmonton direction. Have we Other seen than that, that all year? No, I don't think we've seen no. that all year. Maybe, maybe one game, but even then it probably spiked up a couple of other times when there were chances being applied. But um, in this one, you know, you're, you're talking about continuing that domination of five on five obviously there's plenty of speed still with Edmonton but uh getting that first pass to the defenseman to generate a breakout um is not going to be there for Mike Smith or from Miko Koskinen as it would be from Mike Smith so um it, I I'd like to see that that's one of my big comments on that I would imagine that we see Miko Koskinen in that for Monday night's game so um uh, with that being said um Let's uh, give a little prediction here and then our sticks to click for Monday night's game before we wrap this thing up, guys. Yeah, I think prediction for Monday night is I'm expecting an incredibly hungry Edmonton Oilers team to come out. Um, they were embarrassed today, quite frankly. I, I know the score doesn't look like it, but obviously anybody that watched the game in full, they were embarrassed today by the Blackhawks. And, you know, I would fully expect, you know, especially with the level of competitors that they have over there in guys like Connor McDavid, and Leon Dreisaitl, they're going to come out flying. But that being said, I think this Hawks team can hang with them. I think just the key for the Hawks was, you know, you saw it a little bit in the second and then a little bit again in the third. They kind of got a little complacent. I think as long as they can continue to bring that energy for a full 60 minutes, I think they can beat this Edmonton team, even a hungry, you know, skating, you know, balls of the walls type Edmonton team. Um, that being said, I would expect Edmonton to maybe get one back, though, in game two. 
Um, I'm not sure, and, and Johnny, maybe you have this information. I don't remember right now. Um, is it then games three and four are technically where the Hawks are the home team? Yes. Okay. So I, I could totally see Edmonton getting one back where they can control the change. Um, and then, you know, it's a free game from there then, you know, going into Wednesday's game three. But obviously we only care about Monday. Um, I think it'll be close. I don't think it's going to be like today where, you know, really if it wasn't for those two late goals, it's a, it's a four-goal game. Um, I think it's a one-goal game. It could go either way. But I wouldn't be terribly shocked, unfortunately, if it's Edmonton getting one back. Tony. I kind of echo what Ron said. I think the key is what we've talked about over and over again. We, we've used the term broken record. You got to stay five on five in order to beat this team. Uh, the Edmonton power play three for four today. Uh, they will get those chances every single time that the Hawks uh, go shorthanded and they're going to capitalize. They're going to continue to do that. That's such a dangerous weapon for the Edmonton Oilers. Um, and I don't see the Hawks being able to stay out of the box long enough. So I'm with Ron on this one. I can see the Oilers getting this one back. But also, on that note, the Blackhawks offense, I hope they didn't use up all their goals today. <laughs> I, I yeah. hope they did not. Because you're going to need to come out, and, and Ron, you mentioned it, play a full 60. Uh, you've got to stay on on the gas pedal the entire time in order to beat these teams. Uh, the Hawks, they kind of got a little lapse there. In the third, um, not going to lie. It was a little scary. I said it uh, in a tweet before the third period started. Third period thoughts, stay on the gas, step on their throats. The Hawks haven't been able to do that traditionally throughout this year. Um, we've seen one too many times where the Hawks have let teams back into games. And I was a little discouraged, not going to lie, at the fact that they put up two third period goals and the Hawks weren't able to answer. Um, despite the fact that they had one goal called off, you have to be able to continue to control the play. Uh, I think Edmonton is coming into this one, like Ron said, very hungry. They just got the last two goals in the Hawks. Um, so there's going to be a, a first period. They're going to come out ready to fire. Um, I've said it a million times, weather the storm, and they could be right there in it. Like, I, like Ron said, I agree. This one's going to be close. Could go either way. Um, I'm looking at Edmonton to probably come out and in a 4-3 victory um, on this one. Uh, in game two. That's just my prediction. Yeah, so I normally would be right there on par with you guys, especially after something like that happens, and I know there's no fans there, but it is in your home arena, and you're the home team for this one, uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. I usually would be right there with you, but I'm going to ride true with my uh, kind of prediction, my one lone prediction. I made a very specific one. They were on, in game two. Yeah, I did. So uh, on Four Feathers Pod uh, series preview episode um that, that we just recorded a couple nights ago i had said i didn't pre- i didn't expect this at all today i thought the hawks were gonna come out and drop game one but i did say they were gonna win game two and that would be on the back of one patrick kane well there's a lot of scoring today but patrick kane was only uh you know uh worth one point of that um he had one assist uh, and he had seven shots on goal, though, uh, which like led which led it all forward. So I do think uh, the Patrick Kane show, it's showtime Monday night um, in Edmonton. I think he is the one that helps him get it done, and I could see a 5-3 to three Blackhawks victory with that fifth goal uh, being an empty netter, and it's not going to be waved off for some bullshit offsides this time. So, yeah, uh, I think that kind of transitions for me then. Um, I stick to click as Patrick Kane. I predict before I just got a ride with it, Normally, I probably would go with an Edmonton win in this game uh, with you guys, uh, having that same gut feeling. But I got to stay true to it. I'm doing it. Blackhawks win 5-3 Monday night. Uh, Patrick Kane, your stick to click. Uh, I would say two goals in Monday night's game. 
So, uh, Ron, Ron, you got to stick to click. I do. And as much as I'd like to continue to ride high with that top line and, and go with my guy, Brandon Saad, I'm actually going to go a little off the board because we didn't get to talk about this guy a lot today, but I was very impressed with how good Kirby Doc looked today. Yeah, he looks there's... confident. He is on another level, that confidence level. You know, he would try a couple things here and there throughout the, you know, the 70 game regular season. And, you know, then he would like not do enough and then he'd get complacent. No, he is going into corners. He's not afraid of guys anymore. Just the, the fear of being a rookie looks gone. And if that's the case, I mean, he had a couple of moments today when he was bringing that puck through the middle of the ice into the offensive zone. I thought he was going to dangle a defender and, and put one top shelf over like Smith's shoulder. So I think he's got a good chance to do something like that on Monday night, especially, you know, if they continue to really try and play at McDavid and, you know, dry against those top two lines for the Hawks or that fourth line for the Hawks, that third line could get some really favorable matchups. So I'm going to go with the big rookie, Kirby Doc is my stick to click. Yeah, Ron, I think the only mishap that he had today, and even between this and the Blues exhibition game, was not shooting on that one entry uh, from the left wing that he had. I believe that was came in the second period. But Yeah, late um, in the second. Yeah, uh, other than that, you're right. Kirby Doc is playing with a lot more confidence, and he is revitalized, rejuvenated, having those finally four months off, something that we talked about uh, on the series preview episode because he had been playing hockey for friggin' 18 months straight before that. So uh, I like that pick, Ron. Tony, let's hear yours before. Before we wrap this up there's a guy on this team that's absolutely due right now and that's Alex Dabrinkit uh you're talking about a kid right now who had less time on ice than Ryan Carpenter in tonight's tilt um he needs to earn that spot you know this is this is a goal scorer he, he's going to get there and if there's ever a time for Alex Dabrinkit to break out it's absolutely right now and I'm putting all of my apples in one basket and I'm taking Alex Dabrinkit I'm putting all of my bush light apples in my mouth tonight because the Hawks won and celebratory. But that is a very good point, Tony. Uh, Alex Dubrinkit, despite not sco- uh, showing up on the score sheet and only playing 13-18 uh, time on ice tonight, he did still have five shots on goal. Yes. I-, I know people had said the concerns are deeper than just low shooting percentage, all of that. Um, the kid can do it. He can do it falling down. I was at a game. You and me were at the game together, Tony, yeah. falling down against the Vancouver Canucks. As soon as he finds that spot, um, he, he can absolutely rip it, and, and that's the quick release that comes with it. So I like that pick as well. But I got to go with Showtime Monday night. Patrick Kane, that's mine, as I had for those reasons I previously mentioned. Um, guys, let's wrap it up with one more thing. Let's go, Hawks. Let's go, Hawks. Let's go, Hawks. Let's go, Hawks.